Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 51 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. I hope y'all had a fantastic start to y'all's week. Y'all accomplished everything you wanted to. Hopefully you watched the Dallas Mavericks absolutely obliterate the Phoenix Suns on national television. I mean, the pieces are starting to come together for the Mavericks, and this might be another... 2011 situation even Rick Carlisle the former Dallas Mavericks head coach he even said on an ep- like a podcast that you know this team ha- is sneakily reminding him of that 2011 team but nothing less guys in today's news we do have a very 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 decent amount of college football news to talk about some pretty huge high school commitments um, former former Alabama and current Texas wide receiver Ajayi Hall who just committed to Texas a couple weeks ago He's apparently deleted everything of Texas off all of his social media platforms and everything like that. Uh, We have a couple more transfer portal news, guys that have entered the transfer portal. And Texas and Alabama, they will be playing September 10th. That game will reportedly be on Fox. Fox has bought the rights for that game. And a lot of fans, they're not happy at the fact that Fox will be taking this game. And I'll explain that a little bit later, why this is the case. And then Notre Dame versus Ohio State, one of the huge matchups to start off the college football season on September 3rd. That will be on ABC, and we'll talk about the details for that game come later in the episode. And then as we transition over to some NFL news, Green Bay Packers, they secured one of their top players for a long time by signing him to a contract extension for four years, something that they majorly needed to do. We have a couple little signings, and then we will actually discuss the whole Drew Brees situation going on right now because apparently, and this is in quotes, he is undecided about his future in the NFL business, whether it will be in the broadcast booth or maybe a possible return back to the football field. So we will discuss that a little bit later. But as always, guys, make sure before we do start today's episode and, we, and I get y'all all this amazing news, please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. If you love sports content, if you love sports news, especially daily sports news, I highly suggest checking out both platforms. Links will be down in the description. And guys, let's get into today's episode. Now, as you all know, we start out with some college football news. And for the first news of today's college football segment, we will be talking about four-star cornerback Dalen Austin, who is coming out of Long Beach Poly High School in California. Now, Dalen, he is ranked the 143rd ranked player in the whole country and the 16th ranked cornerback in the nation. So, obviously, very sought-after recruit. Now, he actually made his commitment this past weekend, and he will be committing to the LSU Tigers. So, another huge pickup for Brian Kelly, who's, who's completely revamped this LSU team. He's getting a lot of major commitments, a lot of major transfer portal acquisitions. And like, I, and like I've said about a lot of teams in college football right now, the sky is the limit. And I think LSU is one of these teams that has taken advantage of all these NIL deals and everything like that. And they're truly optimizing it to better their team. And don't be shocked to see LSU possibly, you know, be back in the top 20 consistently all next year. Now, the next uh, high school commitment we actually have, and this was one that didn't really, I wouldn't say necessarily shocked people, but was still... A very huge pickup for this school, and this is regarding four-star cornerback Braxton Myers out of Coppell, Texas, which is actually from around my area. I live in Fort Worth, and Coppell is only about 30, 40 minutes away. So, I mean, this guy was a very sought-after recruit. He was ranked as the 109th-ranked player in the whole country and the 6th-ranked safety in the class of 2023. Now, he officially made his commitment a couple days ago, and he actually decided that he will be joining Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans over there in Los Angeles. Now, and I've said this before in past episodes, USC needed to target 
the defensive side of the ball. They did get a couple, you know, linebackers out of the transfer portal. They got a couple corners out of the transfer portal, but they still needed more depth. And getting a four-star, soon-to-be five-star recruit in Braxton Myers is a huge pickup for Lincoln Riley and his first-year, you know, new staff at, at USC. And I think if he can recruit defense, Lincoln Riley can possibly get past that that stigma of he's just an offensive coach. You know, he won't win any big-time games simply for the fact that he doesn't have any defense because that's what's kind of haunted schools like Oklahoma and Notre Dame and all of them. They've always been able to semi-produce, or they've always been able to produce on offense. But when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, it just they just never show up, especially in big games when they play schools like Alabama and Georgia, and heck, even Clemson for a while there. So, but nothing less huge pickup for USC and Lincoln Riley to get one of the most sought-after safety um, recruits in the 2023 class. So. Amazing pickup for them. Now, as I talked about Ajay Hall in the episode and kind of his current situation with the Texas Longhorns, in case you don't know, Ajay Hall was a four-star wide receiver coming out of the 2020 class. He committed to Alabama. He never really had too much playing time. I mean, he was sitting behind guys like John Mechie, Jamison Williams, and a bunch of other guys. But, you know, last season when he did play with the Tide, he only had four catches for 72 yards which is not the worst, but during their national championship loss to Georgia is kind of where all those stats happened as he had two catches for 52 yards, and that was mostly due, in fact, to the fact that Alabama's star wide receiver, Jamison Williams, he was he had a torn ACL and was out for the rest of the game. But he also did have very two costly drops for the Crimson Tide, which kind of did hurt his, I guess you could say, stature, not stature, his kind of reputation. But he was expected to be one of those guys come spring ball for the Crimson Tide, and then he ended up getting suspended due to team violations and, you know, being suspended for just violating a lot of team rules, and he eventually ended up entering the transfer portal, which he kind of was just saying, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And he actually did find that new place, and that was down in Austin, Texas, with the Texas Longhorns. And everyone was super hyped about this. I mean, because now they have a three-headed monster on offense with Xavier Wor- Xavier Worthy, Ajayi Hall, and Bijan Robinson. All three could possibly be some of the best offensive players in the country. And to not even add on to the fact that that offense is already stacked enough, they went out and got Quinn Ewers from Ohio State, who is ranked as one of the highest-rated recruits of all time. So Texas obviously having very high expectations come this next year. You know, they, they have a lot to lose. I mean, it's if this was one of the most prove-it years for a school we've ever seen, I mean, for Texas, this is possibly the biggest prove-it year we will ever see. To not make matters worse... Ajay Hall really made his, I guess, transfer out of Alabama even more bittersweet, as he was said in a quote with 24, as a, he said this in an interview with 24-7 Sports, but he was quoted saying one thing that really stood out as a culture, Bama fans, they're not really loving, if I could say, even when you leave, and then he also went on to say Texas fans are like family, they love you unconditionally, and they want the best for you and want to make sure you're striving to be the best person you are. Whether it's the people in the stands, players, or coaches, they're all connected, which is a good thing. He's really about to get a reality check because if he thinks him committing to Texas for about not even a month and then him leaving due to either him getting suspended, him just not liking Austin, Texas as a whole, or he's not going to be liking the amount of playing time he's going to be getting considering the fact that, yes, he will be behind Xavier Worthy in the depth chart because obviously Xavier Worthy is the future in that wide receiver room for the Longhorns. 
do not expect Texas fans to just love you no matter what, wherever you go. I'm sorry, no college football fan base, when you stab them in the back after going to their school and promising them, hey, I'm going to be an absolute star for y'all, we're going to win all these games and yada, 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 and then you just leave not even a month later? Yeah, and then don't expect any Alabama fans to take it easy on you either because they're going to remember that quote, and then when Texas fans do it, they're going to kind of unite, and they're going to attack you. And I don't want anyone to attack him. I don't want anyone to you know, have any mal- malicious attack, like, malicious intentions towards him but I want him to understand that people are not going to just continue to like I don't understand where he thinks any college football fan base no matter where you go they're not always gonna you know be like oh they love you to death right especially if you commit to like Oklahoma or you leave and go to Oklahoma Texas fans aren't gonna want love you then but nothing less I hope Ajay Hall gets this whole situation you know, figure it out. Now, this might just be some stupid bluff where he's just wanting attention, and that's why he's deleting all his posts of Texas. Because as far as we know right now, he's not officially enrolled at UT. So, technically, he never was at Texas, but obviously he committed and so forth. But hopefully Texas does get to keep him because that offense would be absolutely entertaining to watch. And I think the fact with all the, you know, new talent they're bringing in, whether it is via you know high school commitments or the transfer portal, Texas is a really good team to watch out for this year. I'm not saying they're going to be national championship worthy you know, right off the bat, but I do expect them to at least contend for the Big 12 championship and most definitely a New York Six Bowl. Now, now that we've got that out of the way and I kind of got done with my rant, let's talk about some transfer portal news. And these are some guys that have officially entered the transfer portal. Now, the first guy that I want to talk about is Rodney Grice Jr. Now, Rodney Grice Jr., he was a three-star recruit coming out of the 2020 class, and he originally committed to Mississippi State. And after playing at Mississippi State for about eh, roughly two years, he ended up entering the transfer portal in November of 2021 and he actually committed to Arizona State back in December of 2021 obviously the season was already over so this is an offseason get for the Sun Devils now he just announced on May 16th that he would be entering the transfer portal so yes two days ago on Monday he announced that he would be entering the transfer portal and he would be leaving Arizona State Arizona State was kind of on a good spree they just got Emory Jones from Florida. They went out and got that one guy from Vanderbilt who was a pretty decent wide receiver. So things were starting to look up for him, but I guess there is still a lot of major issues inside the program. And, I mean, this guy didn't even play one snap for Arizona State, and he's already leaving. So hopefully Rodney does find a great school for him to go to and, you know, balls out there. Now the next news I want to talk about, and this was a very highly sought-after guy coming out of high school, and he goes by the name of Brandon Jennings. Now Brandon Jennings, he he played at Sandalwood High School in Jacksonville, Florida. He was a four-star recruit coming out of the 2021 class, so obviously very fresh, you know, into college football. He was ranked as the 108th ranked player in the nation and the 12th 12th ranked linebacker in the class of 2021, and he actually ended up committing to Maryland and. I was kind of shocked at this because he has pretty much every offer you could have imagined. I mean, he, you know, he could have played anywhere in the country he wanted, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, or anything like that, but he actually ended up committing to Maryland. Now, after one season with Maryland, he ended up entering the transfer portal back in November of 2021, similar to Rodney, and then he actually committed to Kansas State back in January. So, you know, just went to a new program, you know, new beginnings and everything like that. Didn't really understand why he went to Kansas State, maybe probably due to playing time I guess you could say but actually back in April specifically April 11th Brandon 
actually decided to enter the transfer portal once again. Now, back on Monday once again, we he actually finally made his new commitment, and this would be to UCF, which just makes a lot more sense to Kansas State. He'll be back home in his state of Florida. Gus Malzahn is already building something down there in UCF, and I mean, most players want to be a part of something like that. Obviously, he's a player-friendly coach, and just a great environment. So it makes a lot of sense that he, why he would go there. I still don't understand why he originally committed to Kansas State, but nothing less, UCF gets a big-time pickup in the highly-ranked Brandon Jennings. Now that we got all the transfer portal news out of the way and you know we're kind of transitioning to the end of today's college football segment, let's talk about some the two, in my opinion, most hyped-up games going into the 2022 season. And this is regarding, first, we'll talk about this matchup, the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Texas Longhorns. Now, this game will be played on September 10th down in Austin, Texas at DKR Memorial Stadium and will be a matchup between two of the most hyped-up teams going into the 2022 season. Now, this really would have been an entertaining matchup considering the fact that Ajayi Hall, who transferred from Alabama, would be playing his former team. Now, we don't know, like I, like we just talked about earlier in the episode, we don't know how that whole situation will unfold. I'll make sure to keep you all updated. But nothing less, this matchup is going to be very hyped up. And we were wondering, you know, would it be on CBS considering pretty much every game Alabama plays is either on ABC or or on CBS most of the time because CBS, they own the rights to SEC games. I, I'm pretty sure, like, they have some agreement with the SEC about games getting played on there. But it actually was just announced um, on Monday that Alabama and Texas will be on Fox. So the game will be played on Fox. And I'm hoping, and I'm hoping personally, this game will not be at 11.30 in the afternoon or 11 in the afternoon because this is a prime time game. This is something that needs to be played at 6 and 7 at night when everyone can watch it. And when I was talking about why fans were kind of ticked off at the fact that Fox would be, you know, most likely making this part of their big afternoon kickoff that they just, you know, started a couple years back. And you can look on Twitter. I mean, people are not happy at the fact this game is on Fox. I know a lot of people like CBS simply for Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson and all those amazing CBS announcers that have, you know, come through CBS these past decades or so. And obviously, they're very entertaining. And no one wants to have to get up that early and watch, you know, two two of the most entertaining teams, in my opinion, play at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, I mean... also, this is going to be week two, so there won't be as many key matchups versus, you know, week one of the college football season. So I'm hoping, Fox, please do the right thing. Do not make Michigan State versus Western Michigan or something like that your primetime game for, you know, Saturday, September the 10th and making this part of your big afternoon kickoff. But besides the fact, I'm glad that, you know, I do like Fox. Don't get me wrong. I do think CBS would probably be a little bit more entertaining in my opinion, but you know, if they do get Gus Johnson on there, I mean, it's going to be electric no matter what. So, anyway, now we now another key matchup that we have, and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode, Ohio State taking on Notre Dame. Now, this will be played in Columbus, Ohio, and this game will be taking, you know, this game will be taking place in the first week of the college football season on September 3rd. And this game is going to be flat-out electric. We all knew this was going to be a primetime game, but we didn't know exactly where it would be played. And they officially did announce it on Tuesday that this game will be taking place on ABC at 7.30 p.m., obviously on September 3rd. And it will also you know, kick off the year with College Game Day 
being in Columbus as well. So I think this is a huge W for ESPN because not only are you getting two of the most passionate fan bases in the whole country, this is going to be one of the most entertaining matchups to start off week one. Now, obviously, last time these teams met was in the 2015 Fiesta Bowl. And, you know, Ohio State ended up, you know, taking that game away due to mostly in the fact that Ezekiel Elliott absolutely destroyed that Notre Dame defense. But nothing less, this will be a better, I think, opener for Ohio State because last season they opened their season against Minnesota at Minnesota on a Thursday night. So not not the most entertaining season opener to say the least. But I'm very happy that at least ABC will have a very decent primetime game because once again, you know, both both teams, in my opinion, are still in a very new era. Obviously, Ryan Day has been at Ohio State for a decent amount of years now, but, you know, his era is still pretty new at Ohio State. And then, obviously, Marcus Freeman in his first year as the head coach of the Fighting Irish, who just cut off a really good recruiting class. This should be a really great matchup, and I just cannot wait for college football to come back. I know, like a lot of y'all, that's pretty much the prime time of the year when we're able to literally just sit on the couch all day on Saturday and then Sunday watching NFL football, but specifically Saturday because it's always back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back and you can always switch through channels and watch each different game. So, guys, remember there's only about 100-something days left of college football. We will, we are almost there. Just continue to grind it out. But college football, it will be back sooner than we expect. Now, guys, that is it for today's college football segment. I hope y'all did enjoy the news that we did talk about. I'm super pumped, obviously, about the Ohio State-Notre Dame game and the Texas and Alabama game, as long as it's not an 11.30 kickoff on big noon kickoff for Fox Sports. Now, now, if Gus Johnson is announcing it, that's perfectly fine. We all love Gus Johnson, but do not make it an 11.30 Fox. Now, guys, as we transition over to today's NFL side of today's news, let's first start off the episode talking about the Green Bay Packers. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, what did they do? Did they release someone? Did they trade someone? Because, obviously, they traded the best wide receiver in the league to the Las Vegas Raiders for practically, you know, a peanut butter jelly sandwich and a, and a Sprite. So, you know, they didn't really get too, too much out of it. And you're probably like, well, they got a first and second but what receiver do they have right now that's going to reproduce the same amount of um, production that Devontae Adams gave to the Green Bay Packers? Anyway, besides the fact, I'm not going to go on a rant about that, but I do want to talk about the fact that they actually did re-sign another player, and this is in regards to star cornerback Jair Alexander. Now, Jair was a first-round pick coming out of Louisville to the Green Bay Packers about a couple years ago, and this year would be his final year of his rookie contract, but instead of waiting another year, the Packers decided to say, you know what, shoot, we're gonna we need to, you know, get on top of this real quick, and that's exactly what they decided to do. So the Green Bay Packers and Jair both decided to agree on a four-year, eighty-four million dollar contract extension, which actually does have an NFL record-setting thirty million dollar signing bonus. So instead of getting all of that annually or, you know, whatever it might be, he will be getting a huge signing bonus to add on top of an already pretty decent contract extension in my opinion. So great keep for the Green Bay Packers and obviously Jair absolutely got the bag out of the Packers. Now the next news I want to talk about is the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, they continue to address that pretty weak wide receiver room and they went out and got veteran wide receiver Geronimo Allison. They signed him to a one-year deal. Now Geronimo Allison just coming off a pretty injured tenure with the Detroit Lions. Never really played too much for him and when he did 
wasn't that productive, but during his time with the Green Bay Packers a couple years back, he was a very solid wide receiver three and even a great rotational guy. So this could be a really good pickup for the Falcons if he does stay healthy and plays at a consistent pace. Now the next news I want to talk about is the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are still trying to you know buff up that defense, and they went out and got veteran linebacker Vince Beagle to a one-year deal. Vince is more one of those average guys, but nothing less. He does at least give them a lot more depth on a defense that does need it. Now, the next news that we have, and this is regarding the New England Patriots, the Patriots who had picked up undrafted free agent, I guess you could say quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, lineman, whatever, whatever, Derek King, who just came out of playing at the University of Miami. He was a quarterback for them, but obviously his skill set was going to be used in the NFL as more of a Taysom Hill role, a Swiss Army, if you want to put it like that. Now, he actually had practiced multiple positions for the Patriots. I think it was quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. So he was going to make his you know money by doing either of those three. But the New England Patriots have officially waived him. So any team can pick him up if they want. Now, and I think he's expected to clear waivers probably. But he will obviously get picked up because his skill set's not something you want to miss out on. I know towards the end of his college career, it wasn't really that great. I really don't think he should have transferred to my Miami, in my opinion. Because it seemed like once he got to Miami, besides that early start in 2020, his whole career just kind of collapsed. Because when you watched him at Houston, because he was a predecessor to Greg Ward. Now, if y'all don't remember Greg Ward, Greg Ward is currently the wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. But he was almost a Heisman contending quarterback at Houston before, obviously, Derek King took over. And Derek had a pretty solid career at Houston before transferring for his final two years of college football to the University of Miami. So could be a sneaky good pickup for a team that is needing a Taysom Hill-like player. Now, let's talk, now, now, I told, now, I was talking about it a little bit in the beginning of the episode. You know, we talked about it in the past episode, actually, and that is regarding Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees had, a, I guess you could say he himself had stepped down from his position at NBC. He would not be doing, you know, football football night in America. He's going to be looking at his options. And a lot of people thought that he might go over to Fox and try to be, you know, part maybe partner up with um, Tom Brady, who just signed a huge contract with Fox to become an announcer once he does retire from the NFL. But apparently, according to Drew Brees, he doesn't know what he wants to do. And, I mean, he's saying... He doesn't know if he will end up returning to NBC or possibly even playing football again because he was quoted saying that I may, I may work for NBC, I may play football again, I may focus on business and philanthropy, I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, or coach my kids or all of the above. I'll let you know, end quote. So obviously Drew Brees doesn't really know what he wants because I think he did still have a little bit of that, I guess you could say, What's the, what's the best word, probably? That contender attitude more than anything. He still looked like he could probably play a couple more years. I mean, we've seen guys like Tom Brady who literally just retired for about 39 days and then came right back because, you know, he missed being able to be with the guys every single day, the practices, the game days. You know, he, he wants to continue to win, and I think Drew Brees might want to seek another championship. I know he at least got one, but that was dang near 13 years ago, so... I know he's probably going to want to get another one, and maybe with how stacked the New Orleans Saints are, you know, becoming as they went out and addressed a lot of most, a lot of positions that needed help, mostly the safety position. They went out and got Marcus May from the New York Jets, and then they went and got, you know, Louisiana native Tyron Matthew from the Kansas City Chiefs on a pretty decent deal. I mean, I think that's one of the 
topics that needs to be talked about a lot more. The Saints signed Tyron Matthew to a team-friendly deal, in my opinion, because he's only getting paid like $8 million a season for a top-five safety in the league. So, anyway, besides the fact, yeah, Drew Brees, he's undecided about his future. He doesn't know if it will be on the football field or up in the football booth, possibly. Or he might end up a coach, kind of like what Phillip Rivers did. But nothing less, guys, that is it for today's um, NFL news. Wasn't too, too much NFL news, but, you know, it's still, obviously, the whole Drew Brees thing is kind of entertaining because we might have another Tom Brady situation upon us where, you know, he retires or... I don't know if y'all really remember the whole Jason Witten thing where Jason Witten retired, went to, I think it was Fox. He had, now he called, or he was an analyst. He didn't call games, I'm sorry. He went to Fox, he was an analyst, and then he actually unretired, played with the Cowboys for one year, and then went and signed with the Raiders for one year, and then actually retired. And now he's coaching down in Texas, so I think it's pretty cool. Hopefully we could maybe see Drew Brees back. I likely doubt he'll be playing again considering how awful his last year was where he practically was broken everywhere. So anyway, guys, that is it for today's NFL news. Now for the MLB, not not too much has gone on, gone on really. I guess the most notable news would be regarding the St. Louis Cardinals, and this is regarding their longtime catcher and pitcher, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Now both, they got their 203rd win together I think it was Monday, which this actually makes them the most winningest battery in MLB history. So huge congratulations to both of those guys. Obviously, they're going to have statues right in front of Bush Stadium. And just continuing their Hall of Fame careers more and more and adding even more accolades to an already impressive resume. Now, I do want to at least give you all an update on the NBA playoffs. And boy, oh boy, were Game 7's very interesting the conference semifinals. Now, the first... A series I do want to talk about is between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. First off, Luka, Luka Doncic is a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the best shooters in the NBA, and that is undisputed. He had 27 points at halftime in Game 7, and the Phoenix Suns had 27 points as a whole team in Game 7. Now, they completely, utterly dominated the Phoenix Suns and will go on to win Game 7, and they will be taking on the Golden State Warriors in the conference finals. And like I said earlier, Rick Carlisle, who currently is the Indiana Pacers head coach, he even said this Dallas Mavericks team is giving him kind of the same feelings of the 2011 team who went on to win the NBA Finals. Now, don't get me wrong, the Suns are still a great team. CP3 and all of them are still amazing. Devin Booker is probably going to get a super max contract extension during the offseason. But they do need to address, obviously, when it comes to these clutch moments, if they, you know, are contenders or they're pretenders because we saw CP3 was non-existent, Devin Booker was non-existent, you know, Bridges practically was horrible on defense and he was just a defensive player of the year contender, so a lot of things need to be addressed in the offseason. Now, between the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers, Miami ended up winning this series 4-2. Jimmy Butler was absolutely insane. He played just lights out and then obviously just it, it's hard to say with the whole seven, like James Harden situation because I know Philly they want to keep James Harden but James Harden's going to be due so much money come next year if you do sign him to another extension because I think he's due like 41 million so it's an absolute insane price tag for a guy that couldn't even barely give you any production during the NBA playoffs but nothing less I'm not a you know NBA expert so 
like I said, take the stuff I say with a grain of salt. But I do think they should at least let you know James Harden walk and see what his value is in the offseason because you don't want to pay a guy $30 million and he either A, stays injured, B, does not play like you know at a consistent pace, or C, just absolutely quits on the team. Now for the final conference semifinals matchup, and this was between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart played a huge role in this series. Giannis Antetokounmpo made history, but still ultimately his Bucks ended up falling short to the Celtics as the Boston Celtics won that series 4-3. to So the Celtics will be taking on the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. So these conference final matchups are pretty interesting. I like Dallas and the Golden State Warriors series. If Luka can continue to play the way that Luka plays, I think the Mavericks could easily take that series. You know, unless Steph and Clay and that whole Warriors team absolutely dominate like they have been. And then for the Eastern Conference Finals matchup versus with the Heat and the Boston Celtics, if the Celtics continue to play the same way they did, especially against a very stacked Milwaukee team that was looking for back-to-back, you know, championships. Boston could possibly find their way back into the NBA Finals, but nothing less. I wanted to at least give y'all an update about the NBA playoffs, and I like it once again. I want y'all to know that I'm not an NBA guy. I'm not like gonna be able to tell you every single thing, but I do want to at least make sure that y'all are aware of the current NBA playoffs. But anyway, guys, I hope y'all did enjoy today's episode. As always, I know I enjoyed making it for y'all, and I enjoy being able to spread the love of sports to everyone. Now, guys, before you do head out, I do want to talk about the 4.99 subscriber. Thing on Anchor, where if you just sub for $4.99 a month, I'm able to better the podcast, better the quality, and you know, soon be able to give you all exclusive perks to just y'all amazing people. Now, anyway, y'all do not have to do this. This is just something that will allow me to continue to better the podcast for y'all. But I mean, if y'all just want to simply give a like or rate, that will be more than greatly greatly appreciated. But anyway, guys, make sure that you do follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover Seven with Mason Pierce podcast. Both links will always be down in the description. And as always, guys, I will see y'all back here on Friday. Have an amazing rest of y'all's week. Peace.